You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. This is Deacon Paul Trine, and we are at the Abbey of the Hills, and we are just really, really blessed. It's Kids Day at RPR. We're blessed with lots of bright eyes. We're, we're looking at the future of the church is what we're doing here That's today. That's right. Yeah, so we had a little five-year-old who was the daughter of our first guest talking about foster children, uh, foster parenting, sorry, children. And now we're going to talk with Kate Turnus. Kate Turnus is um, actually a resident of the Abbey of the Hills, and she's got oh. her little, what, what are we talking He's Nine month, eight months. Eight month old mm-hmm. son with him. So lucky guy gets to live here. Okay, we want to talk about the subject is evangelization, right? Uh, the new evangelization, and and I and in visiting with as the director of the Abbey here, I've, I've visited with Kate and Eric. They are actually caretakers here, but Kate does all kinds of things, and one of which is being a mother. Her first vocation is as a mother and spouse. She also does some other interesting things as well, and that's what we're going to talk about. Can we back up just a moment? So the Abbey of the Hills used to be... um, Blue Cloud Abbey. Blue Cloud Abbey, so an abbey with... And it's a very large facility. Mm -hmm. So what does a caretaker, what do you guys do? Yeah, well, Eric's the technical caretaker. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he has to help check in guests um, in the evenings and weekends. He goes mm-hmm. every other He's week with the other He's checked me caretaker. in several times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then while guests are here, just walk around and make sure people are doing okay or if they need anything or um, if they get locked out of their room in the middle of the <laughs> night, they call him. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, locking up, turning off and on lights. Okay, so just kind of watching over the place. Keeping an eye yeah. on the place, yeah. yeah. Okay. Catching bats every once in a while. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> They're out and about. Um, I think they have a, a garden here as well, right? Yep, yeah, we do have a garden. What a beautiful really nice. place to get to live. It so is. So how long have you been here? Um, Eric has been here two years now, um, and I moved here once we got married, so that's been about a year and a half for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about um, how you've been called to evangelize in a unique way. Yeah. Um, I guess before this interview, I didn't even think about it as evangelizing. <laughs> um, but I got into freelance editing. Um, growing up, I've always loved reading. Mm-hmm. And in high school, I've really learned to really dive into books and, you know, discover the deeper truth that the author is trying to convey. Mm -hmm. And so I went to school for English and theology at Franciscan University. And after I graduated, I was at a friend's going away party and um, I was talking to a guy who worked for St. Paul's Center out of Steubenville and just talking to him about what I went to college for and what I like to do. And he said that they might need an extra freelance editor for their publishing company. So he got me hooked up with that, and I just kind of started into it. Wow. So what kind <laughs> yeah. of things are you are you editing? Yeah, so for the St. Paul Center, it's a lot of um, longer theological, spiritual books. Um, 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, which is really fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deacon's like, well, who comes up with this stuff? <laughs> right. You know, there's there's just so many layers to both Kate and Eric. It's 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 they're fascinating people to get to know. It really is. And and they're so doggone humble that you don't you don't really you know, you got to kind of peel the onion a little bit. Well, know? yeah, because I'm like sitting here thinking, I don't even know if I would read a book like that, let alone edit a book <laughs> like that. <laughs> so what all does that entail? You're just looking for grammar stuff or? Um, yeah, both grammar and flow and making sure that it follows the style guide. Um, I mean, if there's anything theologically that doesn't quite seem right or sound right, we can point that out and, you know, they yeah. can pass it by their theological person to make sure it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just a lot of that stuff. So I suppose yeah. you're learning a lot. Yeah. I've definitely learned a lot since I started. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. do you do editing for anything else? I do. Um, they're the only like big publishing place that I do freelance for, but there's a private author. She writes Theology of the Body novels. Um, really? Yeah, and she lives in Steubenville as well. Um, yeah, they're very good books. It's called Adventures in the Great Mystery. Really? And I've never heard of that. Yeah, so I do editing for her as well as layout and design. And then... Um, now, so what's her you, name? Her name is Suzanne MacDonald. Okay. Yeah, very good books. So when you say a novel, what mm-hmm. approach is she taking? Um, I mean, it's just like picking up a book and reading a story, but the like theology of the body is really integrated into the world, and the people in it are like learning about it and coming to understand and live it out in their daily Interesting. lives. Yeah, Who yeah knew? which is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Kate Turnus. Um, she works here or lives here at the Abbey of the Hills, where we're broadcasting from this morning. And we're talking about her unique call to evangelize in an unusual way through editing. So um, how do you, you know, you live here at the Abbey. You're newly married we have a young child with, how old is he? Almost eight months. Almost eight months. How do you get all of this done? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> and that's part of this whole interview, isn't it? Right. Because to evangelize doesn't just come in a little box that says, okay, this is when the box is to be open and I've cleared all your schedule out. Right. And, I've, um, and it's just going to be just like everybody else. Yeah. Evangelize isn't like that at all. And it doesn't fit perfectly into our lives, but we're called to manage it, right? Whether it's whether it's um, fostering a child or evangelizing through editing and, and distributing great, great novels. I didn't know mm-hmm. you were helping out with novels or, or periodicals as well. You know, the truth, the truth, right? Right. Well, and I think that's a great reminder that it isn't, evangelization isn't always easy. Yeah, or convenient. Right. So, what blessings have you seen come into your life by doing this work as an editor? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there's been a lot. Um, both just having the opportunity to learn more and um, grow more as an editor, but then... You should get a degree of some sort for that, you know? <laughs> like, I just edited my fifth 
large thing, and uh-huh. I need a doctorate now. <laughs> yeah, that would you be know? nice. <laughs> so it changes the way you even think, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then I also get to learn more, even theologically and spiritually, from the books that I do get to read. Um, I'm always learning more from those authors. What author maybe mm-hmm. is the most has touched you the most as you're going through and doing his or her work? Uh, you just yeah. go, wow. Um. The one that comes to mind is Father Carter Griffin. He wrote a book on um, celibacy and the spiritual fatherhood and the role that priests are supposed to have as spiritual fathers first and foremost, as well as all men being spiritual fathers. And just a really beautiful work. And I think it can touch a lot of men's lives, even if they're husbands and fathers and Mm -hmm. not celibates. I think that's interesting because our next guests are going to be talking about men in the church. Mm. Men's ministries. Correct. Correct. So what was the name of that book again? Why Celibacy. Why Celibacy. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're getting a lot of great books to to check out here. I got to share something too about both Kate and her husband, Eric. When Eric applied, Kate's from Aberdeen, right? Yep. And, And it actually... Grew, didn't grow up Catholic. She's not cradle Catholic, mm-hmm. right? So she grows up a Protestant walk and, and, and goes through that conversion process. Goes to Steubenville and uh, meets Eric. They both graduate and then eventually feel this call to the Abbey. Well, Eric applies. I said, hey, you know, you want, they came on a Saturday, Saturday morning <laughs> and we're kind of doing a retreat. And I took him around. He was uh, going to interview for the position of um, caretaker, and I said, "Let's think about it, pray about it for a week, and if if you're still interested, send me your resume." Resume comes, and it's one of his. Um, oh, and you have a a person who is you're supposed to contact on behalf of somebody. What's that called? Reference. Mm-hmm. Reference is a guy named Scott Hahn. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I'm going. I don't know about that. <laughs> 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 I gotta call these references, so I call. I, I have call to, it's your duty. It's your obligation. Yeah, so I call and I leave this message because I've actually followed Scott quite a bit over different spe- speaking engagements and many books and whatever. So uh, I leave a message, a voicemail message, and then he calls me back the next day, and and I'm in a meeting, and I just tell my my secretary, just take a message. Because I'm in this meeting and I and I need to be engaged in this meeting and and so she comes back to me and and it, our secretary out here is terrific Valerie um, she's Lutheran and she goes it was somebody named Scott Hahn <laughs> from Ohio <laughs> and I just started laughing I go I'm putting Scott Hahn on hold you know? <laughs> so we started talking and I just couldn't but but you no know, that, that's another um, author that you work with or you you help edit and, and my I just goodness. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a wonderful thing that she's doing and um, and influencing this next generation through some of the best. So let's let's discuss. I have to ask because you're sitting here. So how did how how did that connection happen? Well, he um, I think he technically runs the St. Paul Center. So he has some of his books published through through there. Right. Um, Emmaus Road. And um, let's see, I think I've only edited two of his books. One was The First Society, which is on marriage and the family. And then the other one was a very scholarly work. I think it was on the historical Jesus. Um, 
Yeah. So, so how did your husband get connected with him to oh, have him as Eric, a reference? Yeah, yeah. That's um, quite the name <laughs> drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Eric was part of a household while at Franciscan, and Scott Hahn was kind of the person who helped um, the students run that household. It was called Potter Noster. So Eric was the coordinator of that household one year, or two years. Okay. And so he, I think every couple weeks or every month, he had to meet with Scott Hahn to talk about how things were going. and Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've ran out of time this morning, Kate. That was fast. I that was know. Fast. That wasn't a half an hour, I don't think. Oh, we 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 still have 15 minutes. I forgot. Okay. We have a break in the middle of this interview. Oh, God. I thought, welcome. Oh. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, and I have more questions for Kate Turner. So I was like, I didn't get through all my questions. Well, no, I didn't. So (laughs) quick break. We're going to come back with more with Kate. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. And we're broadcasting this morning from Abbey of the Hills up in northern South Dakota. And we've got an eight-month-old on as our guest next. Yeah, Yoshka. 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 Al Yosha. Al Yosha. Where did you come up with that name? 
Um, it's from the book Brothers Karamazov. He's uh, the main character in it. And so it's like the short name for of Russian for Alexei or Yeah, that didn't Alex. clear up anything. <laughs> the, the author is Dostoevsky. Uh-huh. And wow. I happened to be able to go to Russia last year to visit a brother of mine and his, out. his wife. And they really recommended reading this book. So I read this book. And then they had their baby. And I'm like... I know that name. I can't pronounce it, but I know that name. <laughs> You've read that name. And I know name. where it comes from. <laughs> well, we're talking with Kate Turnus today. Her and her husband are caretakers here at the Abbey of the Hills. And more importantly, she's an editor um, for a lot of... Several pa- publishing, um, I would say weekly or, or, or magazine, and then a lot of books as well, right? A lot of books, yeah. A lot of books, a lot of books. So off the air, we were talking about the puzzle of life, the puzzle of our 24-hour days, the puzzle of our, our you know, middle adulthood, young adulthood. And, okay, so we got Alyosha, Alyosha bouncing around on your, your knees right now. And he's eight <laughs> months old. And, and what's our call, uh, first vocation as parents is to him and to each other as, as spouses. Um. But at the same time, we, we need to fit this puzzle of evangelization that we're called to do. And it's not always this perfectly fitting thing. How do you do that? How do you do that, first of all, with this position, this job, mm-hmm. and in the pull of motherhood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely been difficult. I thought, before having him, I thought I could be back to full-time editing in a month or two. <laughs> Which did That's not happen. <laughs> Um, a lot of surprises and a, a lot more time than I fully understood. Um, so I haven't gotten fully back into doing the big editing for the St. Paul Center, but I've been doing editing for just some smaller people like the Theology of the Body novels. And mm-hmm. um, I write some blogs for a coffee roasting company in Millbank and so I can do those smaller things that don't have such strict deadlines and right. are so big. So how do you balance it all because mm-hmm. I I'm a mother of a 17-year-old girl and working for the radio station, you know, requires me to travel mm-hmm. and there are times when I am away from home and I have such guilt about being a working mother. Yeah. You know, and I'm a single mother. Uh-huh. And so then on top of that, you have all of this mom guilt that we're so good at. <laughs> How do you reconcile mm-hmm. some of this mom guilt of, you know, having to take a step away from your son to work, you know, and still get everything done? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so far, the way we figured it out is... <laughs> Now that he's on a more consistent nap schedule, I'll try to get a little bit work done while he's napping. Right. Um, Otherwise, during the day, like with him awake, I can't really get anything done. (laughs) So then it comes down to evenings and weekends. Um, Evenings, a lot of times, um, like last night, Eric took him for a walk for a half hour just so I could get at least a chunk of editing done. Right. And then, um, like, Saturdays are... I guess, prime time to get at least some editing done. Right. Um, though between breastfeeding that you still don't get huge chunks done a lot of times. Right. So it's just an hour or two here or there um, when Eric's able to take him for a little bit um, and just trying to balance it between not 
cutting out too much family time either so we right. can have time together. Right. Because it's so easy to get, you know, going down a path and getting lost and forgetting about, you know, your responsibilities mm-hmm. as a wife or even a, a daughter of God and yeah. continuing that relationship, personal relationship with God mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ. You know, that's difficult, too. Uh-huh. I found that hard to find Yeah, me time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So living here at the Abbey, has that helped? Um, in certain ways, I mean, because it's a very peaceful place and we're out kind of in the middle of nowhere and it's mm-hmm. nice and quiet and um, it leads to being able to enter at least probably more deeply than I would have been in a city into just the quietness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's also a little difficult because we don't have any family close by. So if right. we did live you know, in a city near our family, they could at least take him for a few hours and I could get a little more work done. Um, But as a family, it's been great being here because we have so much quality time together and it's just... And have you thought long-term what you foresee in the future? Yeah, that's hard. We don't really know, but right now this is... Today, this is where you're at. ...place to live and... Yeah, it helps get um, Steubenville debt paid off. So. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so how did you end up at Steubenville? I'm always curious, um, mm-hmm. especially hearing that you're not a cradle Catholic. How did you yeah. end up there? Yeah, well, I fully entered into the church going into my freshman year of high school. Wow. And yeah, after that, I, I mean, I'm a pretty inquisitive person, so just... Mm-hmm. I always had all these questions and between everyone in Aberdeen, they couldn't answer all my questions. Mm-hmm. So um, through some people I met at like discipleship camps and youth retreats who had went to Steubenville or were currently going to Steubenville, they talked to me about it and, you yeah. know, all the cool classes they got to take and the community and um, the households, which are pretty much groups of prayer that you meet to be in community and pray together and hold each other accountable. Hmm. Um, I heard about it from them and then through um, a priest who also had went there, he really encouraged me to go visit. And so I visited and I really loved it. And he kind of was the one to help for me to really just go. So you entered into the church as a freshman in high school. Yeah. We need to go back and visit that a little (laughs) bit. So tell us how in the world does a freshman in high school become a Catholic? Yeah. You know, that's just such an interesting. Uh Uh-huh. So I was raised Methodist. When my parents got married, my mom had left the church. She was raised Catholic, Mm -hmm. um, but she left the church because she wanted to be, you know, at one place for um, prayer so she went to my dad's church Mm -hmm. and we were raised there and then um, I think when I was in like second grade she uh, my dad went hunting a lot of times and so she ended up being the one to take us to church and she finally was like well why am I being you know taking them to church without my husband yeah, to his <laughs> and not even my church. <laughs> right. So she decided to go back to the church. Then we'd go back and forth every Sunday, which got a little confusing, mm-hmm. um, but which led to a lot of questions, which was good. Yeah. And then in middle school, I really got into the youth group at the Methodist church. And, um, but then I started asking questions leading up to uh, what they call confirmation 
mm-hmm. at the Methodist church. And mm-hmm. um, the preacher just, I asked him questions and there was never really anything in his answers that resonated in me or really felt like he was answering the heart of the question. Yeah. Um, and then I start talking to this Catholic priest and, you know, the things that he told me or gave to me is just, you know, like a fire coming alive in my heart of, you know, this is truth and encountering Jesus through yeah. the truth of the church. Um, and so then I decided, well, I can't be confirmed in the Methodist church because they haven't I, answered my questions. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't, I haven't, you know, experienced truth and God through mm. what they believe. Um, so then I pulled out of the confirmation group and I told my mom that I wanted to be confirmed in the Catholic church. So we went and talked to the Catholic priest and I got signed up for their confirmation. And wow. Yeah. I say that it's a lot of my grandma's prayers in her room <laughs> <laughs> that helped get me there. So, wow. Yeah. What a beautiful story and inquisitive. So you have the perfect job being an editor of mm-hmm. some of these publishings um, to continue to grow. And I think it's a it's a reminder, Deacon, too, that, you know, we all need to take the time to read some of these fabulous authors, you know, and to continue our growth in education. Yeah, and I'll never read Scott Hahn the same because I'll know it's actually Kate Turner. <laughs> no, not most making, of the books. Making, making these winners. The lamb, the meal. Yeah. But no, it is, it is, it is, it's not a... It's not a so, it's not a solo of anybody really. It's it's the body, it's right. the body of Christ. Um, I, Hannah used the term that I kind of cringe when she mentioned uh, it takes a village. I always say it takes the body of Christ. It takes the body of Christ uh-huh. to create wonderful, truth-filled um, periodicals that Kate's a part of. It takes the body of Christ to help raise children. Uh, it takes the body of Christ to run the Abbey of the Hills. <laughs> Right. And it takes the body of Christ as parents to support each other when you don't know what your your, your soon-to-be senior daughter is going to be doing. Is I she know. going to school or I've not? To- I've already ruined her life, Deacon, so <laughs> <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> I've had a few of that in two of my girls, too. Comes around. Comes around. Well, Kate, we really appreciate you being here this morning. Both my daughter, Hannah, and then Kate both looked at me like, no way when I invited them to yeah, come here on. Here they are. But uh, this wasn't so bad, was it? No, not too bad. No, not too bad. That <laughs> <laughs> no. wasn't too torturous. That's good. No, that's like good. Said, it's, a, it's a blessing to have you. It's a blessing to have you here at the Abbey. It's a blessing to have you do what you're doing out there. And most of all, most of all, uh, it's a blessing to have you, you and Eric, the, the, the way you evangelize as a couple. And the way you're evangelizing as parents. Yeah. Say the same for you, Heather. It's just a a, a great blessing. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. For bringing your little one in. It's been kind of fun to hear him over (laughs) my headphones. We're going to shift gears a little bit now from two wonderful young mothers towards a couple, I don't know, I want to say old guys, but I don't don't even know these two gentlemen, but we're going to talk about (laughs) men's ministries, right? Which I'm excited to talk about because we've really focused on the mothers and balancing everything that we have to do as mothers. And so I'm excited to hear about men in the church and uh, their responsibilities and how they're kind of calling men to be more active in their faith. I think that's a big deal. It's going around a lot, not just 
not in their group, but I think it's yep. it's the Holy Spirit moving. And um, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have calling men to be active in their faith. We'll be right back with more Real Presence Live in just a moment. Mm-hmm. 